Are you like me where some of the imagery passages or images used by uh, the writers of scripture, in particular the Apostle Paul, regarding women and or mothers can kind of hit you the wrong way if you're just taking it on a whim without understanding background history and all the things. Well, today we're going to chat a little bit about some of the images used by Paul in regards to his ministry and what he saw as an apostle, as a church planter, and how that translates to your life as a mother today. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. Hi, everyone. It's me again. I had to take a couple weeks off because I have been recording and editing and updating PDFs, um, recording, editing videos and updating PDFs for my online course that I've been going, um, the first group that has gone through. Um, It has been so much fun, but has taken up a lot of time and I've started my new um, educational journey with the restorative wellness solutions. So I'm doing another uh, course with them in order to better understand hormones as it relates to both men and women. And so it's been really, really fun to be able to have a better grasp of hormonal health for both men and women. And there will be um, more like lessons I'm going to go through regarding fertility and cycling women, um, so those who are still menstruating, and also how to support menopausal women. And I'm also really excited to be able to understand male hormonal health, um, not only to like be able to support my husband better, but I had a few clients uh, last year that were men, and when some things came up, I just wasn't confident in the tools that I had. Um, or my education to be able to fully give them education or support that they needed. So I just kept referring them back to their PCP. And that's never a bad thing. I just I just want to be able to have a better grasp. And so I'm really excited to be able to move forward with this. And it'll be really beneficial to postpartum moms and their partners their husbands. um, Because it, there are two parents involved after having a baby and the sleeplessness that occurs because of a newborn can make not only mom's hormones worse off because they're just a big bowl of soup after having a baby anyway, but also dad's. So I'm anyway, just a little bit of a rant on or rambling on what's going on. Um, we are now in week three of our memorizing proverbs. If you still want to join, it is not too late. Um, I have been enjoying it. I am already. Um, I actually decided this year I'm going to memorize them. This starting this week, moving forward, I'm going to memorize them in Spanish. Um, my husband and I are transitioning back to the Spanish congregation in our church. There are there's an English congregation and a Spanish one, and I want to. I speak Spanish fluently. I understand it. 
But when it comes to Christianese, because I wasn't raised in a Spanish-speaking Christian church, um, the language just falls so short for me. <laughs> so I want to be be better um, capable to of communicating in Spanish with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So today, today we are going to talk about some passages from our beloved Apostle Paul. And I'm really excited to be able to actually dig into these. Um, one of the first ones is one that I often refer to when I'm working with moms um, who have a newborn and are trying to breastfeed. Um, anytime you go through Pinterest or Instagram or social media and you look up breastfeeding, you find these pictures of women in the fields with daisies all around them. The wind is hitting their hair perfectly. Their babies are just breastfeeding like not a worry in the world, right? And that's wonderful to be able to capture those moments. And I have, well, no, I don't have a picture of me breastfeeding like that, actually. <laughs> I have pictures, like fun pictures with my kids and it can easily look like I'm depicting parenting as this blissful, uneventful, simple life. And that's not true. And the same goes for breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is hard, hard, hard work. <laughs> and every time I'm talking to a new mom who needs some support in breastfeeding, I think of something that the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians. Um, so in 1 Thessalonians 2, I'm going to read a few verses here to give the context for the one particular sentence that he uh, makes or the statement that he makes. So starting in verse 1, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our, our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, Though we have made demands as apostles of Christ, and here's the verse, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So in that statement, in verse 7, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Um, often it can seem like Paul is referring to one of those images of the woman in the field with the daisies all around her wearing her beautiful fedora hat and the sunshine is just perfect and she's just nursing her baby gleefully, right? But we know the life of Paul, especially in Thessalonica, was not one of ease. Like He was a hard, hard worker. In fact, in his second letter to them, he says, 
uh, he makes a statement about how hard he worked. He was a tent maker. Um, I'm looking at here. It's uh, verse chapter three, verse eight in the second letter. He says, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And so Paul here is making the same statement. He's gentle among them, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. A nursing mother works so hard. She works night and day. She labors and toils. So the baby has everything that they need, right? And that is exactly what breastfeeding is. It is hard, hard work. And Paul takes that image of the mom with a newborn who works hard and applies that to his work among the Thessalonians. And so he's not sitting here making this statement as if the work he was doing with among the Thessalonians with the Thessalonians was this vacationary looking thing. <laughs> he's saying, I toiled, I worked so hard and it is just like the women among you who take care of their small children, the hard work that they go through. And what kind of hard work does a mom go through? I mean, especially as a first-time mother who's breastfeeding for the first time, and then add on top of that the potential of not having grown up around breastfeeding women, so you're at a loss, a greater loss. Um, there are so many things that need to be learned. Um understanding how breastfeeding works, what to look for, um, dealing with pain and soreness and all of the things. And so I, I want to take a few moments here to talk about proper breastfeeding, I guess, like understanding the basics of breastfeeding because the work that you do as a mother with babies nursing and caring and laboring and toiling is valuable work. Um, and often that work is ended because we don't have the tools that we need. And so let's go through a few things on breastfeeding basics. So what are the signs of a good latch with your baby? First, no pain. You should not have pain when you're breastfeeding. There might be some sensitivity initially at the latch, especially if this is like new in the first day or first week or so, but there should not be any pain. You shouldn't have like blood, rawness, scabbing. You shouldn't be white knuckling your way and wanting to cry. All of those are signs that the latch is not good. You need to pop that baby off and try again. Um, more of your areola is taken in with the lower jaw than the top jaw. So the bottom part of your breast is taking in and the nipple is like the last thing that slips on in. It's not the first thing that goes into baby's mouth. It's the last. Um, your baby's chin touches your breast and the nose does not. Now that might be difficult if you are a larger breasted woman, but that helps you to see that the head or the jaw is kind of like angled upward. If you're holding your baby in the cross cradle position, if you put pressure with the palm of your hand in between the shoulder blades, that will automatically cause um, baby's head to tilt back and that chin to go ahead and touch your breast and the nose to be away from it. Um, another sign of a good latch is that 
as you are nursing, your baby's ears can uh, wiggle with each suckle. And so you'll see how the ears can just move back and forth as baby is drinking. And your baby's cheeks should not be sucked in. So you know how you can get a triple thick milkshake and you're trying to get it out through the straw and you're sucking hard and sucking hard and nothing's coming out and your like cheeks are sucked all the way in because of how hard you're trying to get the milkshake out of that straw? Your baby's cheeks should not look like that. Your baby should be relaxed, calm. Now, that one's a little bit tricky, <laughs> Because sometimes he's just over hungry and frustrated and does just like wants to fight you now. Um, but during breastfeeding, if baby is continually popping off or crying or screaming, um, that could be a sign the latch is off. It could also be a sign of um, cluster feeding because of a growth spurt. But just know that the majority of the time, at the very least, your baby should be relaxed while breastfeeding. So here are some signs of an incorrect latch, right? So you have some pain. If there's pain, there's an incorrect latch. If you hear clicking or sucking noises, there's an incorrect latch. You should not hear any clicking or sucking. Uh, if those cheeks are sucked inward, that should be corrected. If your baby easily keeps popping off the breast, there, that could be an incorrect latch. It could be just too shallow. If there's little to no swallowing at the breast. So something I like to uh, show moms is that often you can hear baby swallow. It sounds like a little x sound, um, but sometimes you don't hear. Uh, and you still want to know that your baby is swallowing enough milk. So what you can do is watch the baby, uh, the baby's jaw drop. It can... When it's triggering or communicating to the breast to start the letdown so the milk can be transferred, you'll see very quick, shallow suckles um, by the baby's jaw. And then once the milk is let down and baby starts swallowing, that jaw drops really long for a big gulp. And you'll see these big, long jaw drops in order for baby to swallow. So that's one way that you can note apart from listening uh, if your baby is swallowing. Another sign of an incorrect latch is that the upper lip is tucked in and not flanged. Um, so if that upper lip is like sucked inward as if you had just licked a lemon, <laughs> there's something off there. We need to fix it. So I often, when I was nursing, would just like pop that lip upward if I noticed that and I didn't have to take baby off and start over. Um, another sign of an incorrect latch is that your nipple might be flat or creased after a feeding. So if you notice, it's been 20 minutes, you didn't have that much pain or it's just kind of sensitive. Often there will be pain. And this is a secondary note that you can take, but the nipple can be flat. So it'll look like a straight line or creased. And that will give you a sign that there needs to be some latch correction. And then are there inadequate stools? You were given that little chart on how many poops a day after having a baby uh, for that first week or so. Um, if you're not getting enough poop, that could be a sign that there isn't much transference, which means that there might be an incorrect latch. I will share one story on inadequate stools because I'm not completely... Um, sold on the stool thing only because of experience. So 
I would always tell moms to check stools no matter what. Um, but if you are on your third or fourth child, as I was with Phoebe, I was on my third child, um, she stopped pooping after, I want to say day three. <laughs> and then she didn't poop again for at least a week. And I remember being like, I know she's drinking. Like, I know she's getting milk. She's peeing like crazy. She was uh, hurt. She wasn't losing weight. Um, she wasn't ill. Like, there were no other signs, but she was not pooping. And so I went and I, I reached out to a lactation. Uh, I'm sorry, an IBCLC. Not just, uh, so the ones that you can, like, have your insurance bill for. Um, because I wanted to confirm that I wasn't, like, just making myself feel better because sleep depravity is real and you don't really think very clearly so it's always great to have outside um unbiased I guess or someone who doesn't have a dog in a fight all that to say is so I wanted to reach out to someone to make sure that I wasn't missing something and I told her I'm like this is my third baby I know what it looks like for a child to not be eating well and I know she is but she hasn't pooped in like a week and she's like well because of all these other signs, that isn't like a deal breaker. Um, if it goes a lot longer, then you might want to just keep an eye on it, etc. The very like next day, she had the biggest blowout of her life. But all that to say is inadequate stools can be useful in the larger context of things. Like if you see a bunch of things going off or that are off, then that can be another thing to look at. Um, but if it's the only thing that's off with a breastfed baby... Um, I would keep an eye on it as opposed to like running to the ER. Um, and then on top of that, breast milk is easily digested for in um, newborns. And so it can easily just turn into more urine as opposed to uh, bowel movement. So what about sore nipples? So several randomized controlled trials have shown that the only thing that helps prevent and treat sore or painful nipples during breastfeeding is actually prenatal education. Nothing else prevents it or treats it as much as understanding it before having your baby. So this is where taking a lactation class or a childbirth education class, all of those things can be really helpful to um, prevent sore nipples or painful nipples later. And you never wanna use creams or products with alcohol as one of the ingredients unless you have an open wound or bleeding. All that is needed is water to clean the breast. You don't need anything else. And then common causes of those sore nipples, that incorrect latch, that's the number one common cause. It could be thrush. It could be a bacterial infection. It could be a tongue tie, which is related to that incorrect latch. This is why having that lactation class or um, a referral to an IBCLC ahead of time can be helpful. Your eczema could be a reason that you have a sore nipple or Raynaud's phenomenon. That's when you like have burning sensations. That could be a reason that you have sore nipples. Um, and then the treatment for sore nipples. As stated before, the only grade A treatment for under or for sore nipples is prenatal education. And then grade B treatment would be warm water compresses. Anything aside from those two things would be considered grade C, so like lanolin or breast milk or air drying or all the other home remedies and herbal salves and essential oils and tea bags. All of that has been shown to be inappropriate 
or it's just anecdotal from woman to woman. One's experience says yes, another experience says no. And so it doesn't really have any weight uh, scientifically at the very least. So all this to say that your work as a breastfeeding woman is comparable to the work of an apostle from the mouth of an apostle, or I should say the pen of an apostle. Um, It's hard work. It's good work. It is helpful work. It is growing work. It stretches you like nothing else can. And it's work that blesses you and the person that you are serving just like Paul and the Thessalonians. The other passage that I want to mention today regarding Mr. Paul, our beloved Paul, is one that hits me hard in a good way. Uh, It comes from 2 Timothy um, chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 1 and then read till we get to that favorite little statement of his. So, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. And here's the statement. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And I'll stop there. That's through verse 7. I... This passage makes me, like, cringe. Like, I do not want to be a weak woman. I don't want to be this weak woman that Paul is referring to here. Um, These weak women, like, make me cringe. Like, please, let's learn how to not be weak women who are burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning, never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. And I I relate this not to just spiritual matters, as important as that is. Um, That is the the crux of what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about godlessness in the last days, and we are living in those last days. Um, But that always learning, never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, has it a principle that can translate to other areas of life. But let's let's start with first spiritual matters, as that is what the text is referring to, right? So these are women who were burdened with sin. Are you burdened with sin? And that could be a good thing. Like maybe the Lord is showing you the sin in your life um, and trying to grow you. And bear fruit in you and prune you as the um, husbandman as he is. Or the vine dresser that he is. Um, But the Lord doesn't stop there. He doesn't just point out your sins. He doesn't just let you wallow in how unholy and depraved you are. And that is where the problem was with these weak women. 
they were just burdened with sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ came so that the burden of sin would not stay on us. He came so that we could take on his yoke and his burden, which was easy and light. And so for women who are stuck with their depravity and the knowledge of their depravity and go no further, they are weak women. They are women who have not arrived at the knowledge of the truth. And Jesus didn't just come to show you how horrid you are, even though it's true. He didn't just come to teach you about the sin that you have and how it separates you from God and how it was your sin that caused his crucifixion, though you were not there. Um, Jesus came to show you that sin and show you his mercy and show you the grace that the father has extended by punishing his son instead of you. And so I pray that you are not one of those weak women who are captured by these false teachers who are continuously burdened with their sins. And I pray you're not a woman who's led astray by various passions. I mean, I hope that you're led by the spirit, um, that the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and that your passions and emotions are submitting to the work of God or the work of the spirit in your life. Um, and that they are submitting to the revelation of scripture, the special revelation of scripture, and that you are not just always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Yes, it is good to be a Christian who learns. We have so much to learn. We will never completely understand and capture and grasp who God is and why he does, and that is good, right? But you can be always learning in the sense that we are always getting to know the Lord deeper in a way, but arrive at the knowledge of the truth because the proclamation of the gospel is truth. The fact that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and lived a sinless life and died and then rose again by the power of the Spirit and, the, and then ascended into heaven and will come back for his church. All of that is the arrival at a knowledge of the truth. And so it's not just always trying to know what the next thing is regarding spiritual matters. Um, there are people who can, who can continuously run down rabbit holes and never really arrive, right? Um, but we know truth himself. We know Christ Jesus, who is the truth. And we have arrived at knowing him by the power of the spirit. And then the passage goes on to say, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men, these false teachers that he's talking about, also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. And so, 
if you are captured um, and that those who creep into your house and capture weak women, that is a, a word that is descriptive of like a military action. It is you being captivated and then submitting and like giving up rights <laughs> And then you're burdened with sin and led astray by various passions. All those wonderful things. So where are you in all of this? Where do you lie on the spectrum of weak woman to non-weak woman? (laughs) Um, Where do you lie on the spectrum of burdened with the sins and no possible way out to appropriately burdened with sin, but know that there is a rescue that was provided by Christ himself. Where are you when it comes to your various passions and desires? Are you led astray by them? Or do you cause them to submit to the revelation of Christ as um, revealed in the scriptures? Um, Are you always learning but never arriving at truth? Or do you know who the truth is and then allow for him to continually cause you to learn more about him and about this world? I just, I want us to become strong women. I want us to become knowledgeable women, women who know the word of God and use it as a standard for all things because it is the standard for all things. If you go on in the next portion of that chapter, actually, I'll continue reading just because it perfectly plays into this Um, verse 10 through the end of chapter 3 you however have followed my teaching my conduct my aim in life my faith my patience my love my steadfastness my persecutions and my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch at Iconium and at Lystra which persecutions I endured yet from them all the Lord rescued me Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from you whom, excuse me, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so those last two verses there. All scripture is for you. It's profitable for teaching. So you're going to be learning. That is what scripture is for. It's going to be correcting you. It will train you in righteousness so that you can be complete and equipped for every good work. Even the good work of raising up small children. Even the good work of living a life of faith and patience and love and steadfastness and the perseverance through persecution and suffering. Um, Even the life or, or the desire to live a godly life. That is what the scripture is there for. It is breathed out by God and profitable for you. And so... You are to be a strong woman who is grounded in that scripture, not easily tossed back and forth like a wave, as James tells us, Um, but the house that is built on a solid foundation, all of this is important in order to not be a woman who is captured 
and not saved, who knows of her sin but is sins but is not delivered of her sins, who knows of her various passions but cannot control them. So where are you in all of this? Where do you lie on the spectrum of weak woman to non-weak woman? <laughs> um, where do you lie on the spectrum of burdened with the sins and no possible way out to appropriately burdened with sin, but know that there is a rescue that was provided by Christ himself? Where are you when it comes to your various passions and desires? Are you led astray by them or do you cause them to submit to the revelation of Christ as um, revealed in the scriptures? Um, Are you always learning but never arriving at truth? Or do you know who the truth is and then allow for him to continually cause you to learn more about him and about this world. I just, I want us to become strong women. I want us to become knowledgeable women, women who know the word of God and use it as a standard for all things, because it is the standard for all things. If you go on in the next portion of that chapter, actually, I'll continue reading just because it perfectly plays into this. Um, verse 10 through the end of chapter three, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from you whom, excuse me, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so those last two verses there. All scripture is for you. It's profitable for teaching. So you're going to be learning. That is what scripture is for. It's going to be correcting you. It will train you in righteousness so that you can be complete and equipped for every good work. Even the good work of raising up small children. Even the good work of living a life of faith and patience and love and steadfastness and the perseverance through persecution and suffering. Um, Even the life or the desire to live a godly life. That is what the scripture is there for. It is breathed out by God and profitable for you. And so... You are to be a strong woman who is grounded in that scripture, not easily tossed back and forth like a wave, as James tells us, Um, but the house that is built on a solid foundation, all of this is important in order to not be a woman who is captured and not saved, who knows of her sins but is not delivered of her sins who knows of her various passions, but cannot control them.
And these are the passages of Paul that I wanted to apply to our motherhood. Your work as a breastfeeding mother or not, your work as a mother, let's let's put it simply for everyone. Your work as a mother is hard, hard work. You do so much for your children. Um, and I know that you may feel like it is unnoticed, but the Lord knows. The Lord knows. And then apart from that, apart from your work being um, seen by the Lord, you are to be a strong woman who knows the word and knows the Lord through the word and who lives a life of godliness, lives a life who takes on correction and takes on reproof and is trained in righteousness and is equipped for all of her good deeds. Your, your motherhood is equipped by the scriptures and you have all that you need. Um, and Paul shows us that by things like calling out weak women or describing himself as a nursing mother. I hope that this is an encouragement to you that you can do the hard work of mothering and that you don't have to suffer in that hard work of mothering. Um, there are tools in scripture to help you be a spiritual guide to your children, a teacher, a knowledgeable teacher. And then there are uh, tools outside of scripture to help you do the practical things that scripture doesn't talk about. It might describe the nursing mother, but how does a mom actually nurse? That's where other tools like the list of breastfeeding basics I gave in this episode can help you. Um, and then take those principles and apply them to other parts of mothering. Um, I can't let this episode end without applying this to food, of course. Uh, so I'm reading a book called Vegetarianism Explained by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I'm a huge fan of her work. Um, and she gets into the food system um, both here in the West uh, or here in the States as, as well as abroad. And one of the things that a lot of my clients talk to me about are like labels and what labels should they be paying attention to? And if it says natural, is that a good thing? And I will briefly, briefly, briefly touch it here. But reading labels is, is important, but you can't let labels fool you. <laughs> Companies are out to make a profit. That is what a business is for. Uh, if anyone tells you otherwise, they're lying. Okay? And so when they put things on their labels or on their packaging, it is to get you to buy it. And I've learned about how companies are getting savvy <laughs> um, to be able to get you to buy their products. One such savvy uh, label that they've taken on. So you know that I'm a big fan of grass-fed, pasture-raised meat. So my beef is going to be from a cow that was out in a pasture, underneath the sun, eating grass, walking around. 
not inside some little barn with 50 other ones where they couldn't move and they're all standing in their own feces, okay? But grass-fed is not a label that you can trust because what it's intended to mean is that it was outside in the grass and eating, but what companies are actually doing is it's still the industrial farmers just feeding them grass. And so you have to pay attention to labels and and even do some homework on them and understanding what an ingredient label looks like and why you pay attention to ingredients in the first place. And for example, I'll briefly again touch here. When you're reading an ingredient label, legally, the ingredients are listed in order of quantity as found in that product. So the first ingredient on that label is going to be the greatest amount uh, of ingredients in comparison to everything else. So it just gets smaller the longer the list goes on. Um, So if sugar is the first thing that's listed, that is the most that that quote-unquote food has. Um, So knowing how to read labels, knowing what labels mean... All natural means nothing. Natural flavors means nothing. Um, I even listened to a podcast from Wise Traditions on how rosemary extract is not what you think it is. I mean, when I read rosemary extract, it sounded like an essential oil or something like that. That's not at all what it is. It's not being extracted from rosemary. It's actually something that's created in the lab that might have rosemary in it. Um I can see if I can find that podcast episode and link it in the show notes. But all that to say is we have to be intentional about not being captured by those who are creeping in because that's what they're doing. They're just trying to capture us so that we can give them our money. Um, So do yourself a favor Pay attention to ingredient labels. Don't be fooled by like greenwashed marketing. Um, Grass-fed should not be the only thing you see on your meat product. It should say pasture-raised. It should definitely say organic. Um, You don't want pesticides or anything that's stored away in the fat of animals. It's just toxic to you. Um, And now I just feel like I'm rambling. So I'm going to go ahead and end here. Paul gives us images. (laughs) That was the whole point of this podcast episode that I rambled through. Paul gives us images and he honors women in them. He honors the hard work of a nursing mom, though gentle she may be. And he also calls out women for being weak. And there's nothing wrong with being called out, okay? It's not an assault on your womanhood. It is a call to rise up. And so don't let anyone creep into your household and capture you. Don't be burdened by sin because there is a deliverer. There is a deliverer. I will say it again. There is a deliverer. And don't be led astray by various passions. Our passions are to be controlled. Having self-control, exhibiting self-control is a sign of maturity and I believe it is the foundation to all other virtues like love and kindness like you or even faithfulness you have to exhibit self-control for those things to exist and so 
don't just be led astray by passions. Um, Do yourself a favor and practice and nurture self-control in your life. And you can continue learning, knowing full well that you know who truth is.